Hello. Hi. What would you like to have a conversation about? I'd like to have a conversation about Ex Machina. Hello, I am Professor Robert E.G. Black, and this is Minutia Ex Machina. With me today is comedian and podcast socialite, Alice Lauren. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, where do I start? Oh, Ex Machina. Had you seen it before this? No way. No, this was not my kind of movie. I'd heard... <laughs> So no, I mean, I'm watching a lot of cinema since I've heard the words ex machina before, oh, yeah, but yeah. beyond that, I was like, I thought that's what this was about. You know, I thought they're just, <laughs> are they referencing every time they say, you know, in cinema sins? I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> so you saw it recently. I'm wondering what you think of the idea of Caleb being, I guess, an android would be what they are. Oh, if, if he is one, is that yeah. is that kind of why he was trying to open up his his? Wrist? That's why he cuts open his arm. Yeah, that was a very confusing time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that's what it was going to be, and then I guess I, I guess it wasn't, and he's a human who was just fine after all that blood loss. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, I ask right away because this minute starts with a thing that I loved. If you look at it of him being a robot, because mm-hmm. he just got his picture taken by the machine at by the door. And he turns his head and it's perfectly timed with the sound effect of the card coming out of the machine. Yeah. yeah. So it's like his neck could have made that noise. And I loved the timing of that. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. I hadn't noticed that previously. But yeah, I I went back to watch that part. And I mean, it wasn't like snapping the neck, but he he definitely sounded. Yeah, he sounded like an android for sure. (laughs) Not much happens in this minute. Caleb gets his key card and goes inside. He doesn't even make it very far. He gets down the stairs and across one room. Yeah, I was confused at the size because it looks like from the outside, it's like, oh, this is just, it looks like a shed. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought this is a a doomsday shelter, you know, a tiny one from the outside, a a tiny home, you know, kind of thing. But no, he opens the door and it's like, it's, it's a TARDIS, you know, it's so much bigger on the inside. Yeah. We don't see the space right by the door. Okay. But there is a small space up there and then the staircase down to another space. Yeah. And this whole, I mean, this is a hotel where they filmed this and it's a bunch of weird little buildings built into the shape of the rocks and stuff around this stream. I would be terrified to go to this hotel. I, <laughs> I don't know. Most of where they spend time in the movie is just a set. Like once they're down in the basement where there's no windows, it's all sets. It's not this place, but I like the look of this place with the rocks and the glass and everything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. What is, what is that called? The uh, organic architecture mm. where they like deliberately try to blend in with the environment. And this was in Norway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is the Juvet Landscape Hotel mm. in Norway. Which only costs $175 a night to stay there. I'd be terrified. I'd be like, am I going to get locked in by androids? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wonder how they're doing now, you know? Yeah, with their business. I don't know. Apparently, it's a fairly popular place. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'd love to go there. but I'd love to go to Norway generally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. When he looks at his card, it's got the great picture of him because he didn't know he was going to get his picture taken. <laughs> Just imprinted on the metal of the card, which is cool. And the machine tells him, you may now enter the residence. The door chimes and unlocks, and he goes in. The the music here, from the first time I saw this movie in the theater, I thought the music here sounded like the theme to Jurassic Park. It is really similar. Yeah, I compared the two. It's close. 
it's I I hope it was a coincidence. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, but. it turns out it's less of a coincidence because what I thought is that this was the score for Ex Machina right here. This is something made for this movie mm-hmm. by Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury, who I've talked about before because they did music for Annihilation. But apparently this music playing right here is just Schubert's Piano Sonata, number 21. Number 21, D960 and B flat major. Basically, it's one of the three sonatas that Schubert composed in the last year of his life. Just playing from somewhere. I think we're supposed to think he heard it. Yeah, there wasn't any like significance of, of no, the piece. No, no, not that I could figure out. Uh-huh. And so then I was wondering, maybe John Williams was specifically referencing that Schubert sonata in the Jurassic Park theme. Oh. And that's why they're similar. Okay. Is because like it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that was copying something that existed from, I didn't put down a year, but Schubert was a while ago. Yeah. That he wrote this.
it's still it in my head it still connects to jurassic park and it's like this that moment where they're going into the gate into the park and he doesn't know what he's in for he's just at his boss's house he doesn't know what's going to happen yet yeah so it works i hope it's not just a coincidence i mean it's the same kind of moment mm-hmm. yeah especially because nothing has really happened so far in this movie it's like we've barely know this character we barely know what's going on and then we get this musical cue that for me at least is like okay there's gonna be dinosaurs i know what there is because i've seen the trailer but it's gonna be awesome and so i'm looking for something exciting i actually thought that the voice when you know he's getting his key card i thought that was going to be ava Mm. watching it for the first time i was like oh it's her you know because i knew (laughs) it was about him and some robot (laughs) well no it's just uh Nathan has a tendency to make all of his AI female. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll talk about that later in the movie, especially when we see them all, because Nathan's got problems with women for sure. Oh, boy. (laughs) And so even his door lock is female. Caleb enters. I like the camera lingers behind as he goes inside and the door closes. And the little light on the lock changes from uh, blue back to red. It's from the point of view of the, the key card reader, I guess. Yeah, kind of. It's like he's going into this thing and it's like we're being left out as well with it. That machine is just going to stay there outside the building. It's fine. Unlike Ava, it can't dream of going somewhere else because it doesn't have legs. And then we cut to inside. Yeah. Stairs enclosed by glass that go from that tiny little building to a slightly larger one below, which I'm not sure how much of what we see later is filmed in that same building. I think the kitchen area that we see a few times is in that building. Hmm. I'll figure it out next minute if it's a seamless transition from this room to the next one where he sees Nathan outside. Because if it is, that means they did film in this place for several scenes. Yeah. Whenever they were in the kitchen or the living area with the windows. The soft music playing. I did put in my notes. I I also like that Caleb is descending because it reminded me of, is it the Divine Comedy where... Homer goes down in is a Homer that goes down into hell and he's being led along by I forget who's no it's Dante is going down there and he's yeah. being led by Homer and then by Beatrice or something it's been a while since I read the Divine Company okay. yeah that that, but, that is an interesting significance that he kind of goes down I mean that's not normally how mm-hmm. not normally how it works no it's not normally how you get into people's yeah. houses and I just like hello 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 like oh well, that's very very confident yeah yeah. And then at the end of the movie, of course, Ava will ascend out. She'll go up those stairs to leave. And we will see that. Dressed all in white, of course. What? So it's a nice sort of bookends to the movie. It's him going down into this. It's not hell, but whatever it is. And then her coming out. And yeah, so he's saying hello into the emptiness. And there's no response. And so he keeps walking. That's all for the minute. Minute five is simple. So I guess more generally, I'm curious what you think of this movie. Yeah, I mean, definitely wasn't my kind of thing. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm completely not a sci-fi person. You know, I, I like a you know, thing here and there. But, you know, it, it just wasn't. I, I guess it was, it was interesting that she was kind of playing him the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, you really don't know who to trust. And I, I, I love that she was kind of saying you know, like, like turning, what was it like? like she was just turning everything off basically and saying, you know, you, you can't trust Nathan. You can't trust him. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it, it's a mystery. It's its own little, it's own little knives out. I don't know, but <laughs> you don't know. Well, yeah. 
Because there is a question, as Nathan sort of claims toward the end of the movie, is that the setup was he wanted her to want to escape and try to get help. Oh. But I don't think he expected it to work. And so he just figured it'd all be fine. I don't know what he thought was going to happen in the end. But Caleb was smart enough to actually mess with the system and make it so Ava could get out. But they all really just played each other, you know? Yeah. And for some reason, Nathan, who should be the smartest one of the group, is the also the short-sighted one. Didn't expect that this woman could get her way and that Caleb would be smarter than him in some way. And Caleb was. But not smart enough. <laughs> no, no, because he traps himself, too. Yeah, because, you know, he, he could have just said, you know, hey, like, I think she has consciousness. Yeah. Like, my thing, and when I wrote about this in my blog, groundhogdayproject.com. I thought that Caleb's problem wasn't that he wasn't trying to help. It was that he didn't try to help Kyoko. He doesn't try to help her. So I think the big problem is when Ava does get out and finds out there's another AI in the building that she hasn't been told about, Mm -hmm. which means Caleb didn't care. Oh, that's true. And so then Ava doesn't care about leaving Caleb behind because he's just as bad as Nathan. Yeah, he's not doing this to be nice and and be kind hearted. I mean, it's just. He was thinking of a different body part, I think. Yes. You know, yeah, it, you know, he, yeah it, was, it was really just who he was into. I don't think he would have just helped a male AI, you know. Which then comes down to a problem on Nathan's part because he he never answers the question, but Caleb asks him if he designed Ava to look like Caleb's porn record, like what yeah. he looks up. And if that's what Nathan did, that's his fault because he didn't make Kyoko look like that. So he's got Caleb caring about one person, but not the others. Of course, Caleb doesn't know it's going to end in violence. Right, right. But I don't know. I don't know what he did. I don't know what either Caleb or Nathan thought was going to happen, which is the, the whole problem with them as men, really, in the movie. <laughs> so, so, so this is a more, because you were saying before that, you know, this director has a problem, it seems like, with women. But this is a very pro-woman. Well, I don't mean the director. I mean Nathan, oh, the, oh, the guy who okay, made the okay. AI. I know you're, yeah. We were talking about how a lot of the, you know, the AIs are, are all women and seems to really yeah. like it. Yeah. 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 I think the director is actually likes stories focused on women. I mean, Annihilation is an adaptation, but it's a story that's all women. Mm-hmm. And he adapted that one. And in his TV show, Devs, the main character is a woman. He tends to go for a more personal female driven story for sure. So I don't think it's the director's problem. I think it's the character of Nathan has a problem with women. Yeah. And it's just the way he he programs his AI. We'll get into a lot more detail, whoever's the guest, when we talk about their conversation about sexuality. Well, I was going to say even all of that, you know, nakedness, there was a lot of nudity in this. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I mean, it was to me very male gaze. I I don't think so. I mean, I think we get more male gaze when it isn't naked. Hmm. Like when she is getting dressed okay, and there's no skin involved, I think it's more of a male gaze. And when she's taking the leggings off and like it's silhouette and everything. But when she actually like is at the end completely naked in the room, yeah, I don't think it fits with that. I think it's more matter of fact, just that's how you put the camera for those scenes. And she's putting on her skin. Yeah. I don't know if it quite succeeds, but I think the movie is trying to not have the male gaze going on. Okay. And it's trying to treat the, because I mean, it's a movie about gender differences, essentially, and how society treats men and women, how men and women treat each other. 
So it needs room for it not to be so sexist, <laughs> even if the characters might be. Yeah, of course. So did you like it, though? It's not your right. type of thing, but kind of it's not rewatchable. <laughs> I don't think. Okay. Although, actually, I, I was gonna say just about the scene where she was putting her clothes on to, to kind of show Caleb, like you know, you know, close your eyes. This is what mm-hmm. you know. I'd, I'd wear on our date, and kind of seeing it as like, oh, she's really is playing him. Like we knew in that moment, we didn't yeah. know, but you know, yeah. she really is playing him. She's like, what is the yeah. best thing that yep. he would? Garner sympathy. She even creates the anticipation of getting just out of sight to get yeah. dressed and coming back out. But she is nervous about it or she's playing at being nervous. Yeah. Because she's like grabbing the edges of her sweater and, you know, acting like she's nervous about showing off her outfit. Yeah. Which all could come down to her playing him. Or regardless of what she's trying to do, it's the way society trains women to be. So it's still she's playing him. Because that's what she's supposed to do. That's true. Are, are we all playing each other? And that's what yeah. he's supposed to do. Are we all playing each other, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even him, he's trying to you know, rescue her from this horrible situation. But We all put our best foot forward, so. <laughs> yeah, they're just being what they've been told to be. That's, true, yeah. that's why I love this movie is because it's, it's essentially about how we program each other or conflict with that programming. Yeah, we were, we were talking about the conversation about sexuality and oh man, that was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was just a bombshell just dropped in there about programming. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the movie's just, it, it's just fine. It's definitely not a rewatchable to me, but I mean, it has its place, I guess. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not every movie will be everyone's favorite. Definitely. <laughs> it is one of my favorites. That's why I'm covering it. Yeah. But I understand some people... Even for science fiction, some people want more of an adventure-driven science fiction Mm -hmm. that's faster paced. This is a bunch of conversations for the most part. Yeah. It almost could be a play. I guess I would actually prefer it being conversational. It makes it into an interesting drama. Mm. It was really the the big action scene at the end, you know, but yeah, it's good dramatically, I would say. Yeah. All right. Anything else on minute five of Ex Machina Mm. or Ex Machina? I mean, that was just a crappy security system in general. You just allowed <laughs> it to just be shut down. Come on, like, lock yourself inside. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, it's supposed to lock when the power goes out, so no one could break in. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, Kayla was smart enough to just reverse that, which seems like something you wouldn't allow the programming to do, but it's a movie. Yeah, it's, it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I forgive that. Yeah. So... You'll be back for the rest of the week with the other two shows. But in the meantime, where might listeners find you elsewhere? So my Twitter is at Pod Socialite. I've been doing different shows here and there, and I have some coming up. And that's that's where you really can find them. One of them was the Time to Rewind podcast about Twilight Zone, which I know we're going to talk about it later in the week. Yep. But yeah, so I have yeah, stuff coming up there. My TikTok is Podcast Socialite. Yeah, find me there and we can chat. Thank you for listening. Manusha X Machina is just one part of an existential trilogy of podcasts. Tune in every Tuesday for more X Machina, every Wednesday for the Groundhog Day Project Minute by Minute, and every Thursday for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute. Follow this show on Twitter at X Manusha, on Instagram, it's Manusha underscore X underscore Machina, or Facebook at Manusha X Machina. This has been a production of Lemming Drop Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com. Or join the Facebook group Lemming Drops Studio Tour. Also, you can support all my shows at patreon.com slash lemming drops. 
Until next time. What imperative does a gray box have to interact with another gray box? Can consciousness exist without interaction? The real test is to show you that she's a robot and then see if you still feel she has consciousness. Thank you.